0: Welcome to 40 Years of Hip-Hop where we review a thousand songs in the span of 40 years from 1979 to 2019. Before we get into this review, this month we are giving away a 40 Years of Hip-Hop t-shirt manufactured by Champion. All you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel to have a chance to win. Also check out our t-shirt store, we have a few original tees and more coming out on the way you like cool artwork check out 40 years of hip-hop Displayed metallic posters we have released the first five and the collection is growing go check it out at display.com slash 40 years of hip-hop and party people you like the channel show your support by buying us a coffee at our patreon buyusacoffee.com slash 40 years of hip-hop that would be much appreciated you can also follow us on our Facebook page, Forty Years of Hip Hop, on our Facebook discussion group where we share a lot of music, at and you have to search for four zero y o h h. That's the acronym for Forty Years of Hip Hop. And you can always follow us on our Twitter page at Forty Years of Hip Hop. Also check out our IG at Forty Years of Hip Hop. You can also check my own IG, my own IG. I mean. At the G-Man for the Years of Hip Hop. It's spelled T H E G M A N 40 zero Y O H H. Last but not least, go check out our Spotify playlist page for the Years of Hip Hop to listen to our latest playlist. You can find all these links in the description down below. And remember to watch the live video review of Mr. Mounds on our YouTube channel for the Years of Hip Hop for a different opinion and perspective perspective on the same review that I did. Yeah, what's up? This is the G-Man, the G-Money in the house. So for episode 45, we're bringing you to the north side of Canada, Toronto specifically, with uh, Michimi and Ellie Love uh, with the song on this mic but they also call it on the mic because a lot of them websites uh, didn't write it clearly but the real title is on this mic and this song was released in 1988 on the First Priority Music Family Basement Flavor Compilation Album So, for originality, and I forgot to mention this is a G-man's pick, this is my pick, you know? First point, what makes these songs original? It's Canada's first notable female MC that broke the buyers. She was only 18 years old when she rocked the mic on the first priority music Family Basement Flavor compilation. That compilation features future great ones such as MC Light, Positive K, and Audio 2. A slept-on album it was one of my favorite until this day and unknown to many people. Amalgamating her Jamaican identity and dialect with a rap persona, the godmother of Canadian rap graced us with this classic track. A song reminded me of early Justice and BDP sound. A fun fact, in 85, at only 15 years old, during a concert in Toronto, Boogie Down Production introduced her to the audience and she performed on stage and the rest... History was made. And for all these reasons, for originality, I came up with a five. I know, Mr. Ron, it's a five. I'm starting with a five. You know, but this is a dope song. Represent the North. Now for delivery lyrics and flow. The flow is so superb and wicked. The way she incorporates the patois slang with the rap was incredible. She could spit deadly rhymes at a fast pace, you know? It was like she was swinging swords like uh, Wu-Tang would say, she raised her sharp tongue. And for this, you see, it was hard because since it was such an obscure song for the United States, or not necessarily, but it was written really underground. You know, you had to be a head to know that compilation, the FPM family and everything. And I couldn't find any quotes. No one, no one quoted the lyrics. So I went with the. Uh, I went by hearing and stopping and pausing like back in the days, you know. And as quotable, I have two two quotables. One is "Tic Tac Toe, Bingo, Michi me Single Boys are amazed by my lingo fringo." You wanna rap with me? I'm a rap hater. You wanna rap against me? I'm a rap terminator. You know. It may not sound impressive, but it is. In 88, this was like fiery rhymes. It was short, simple. Her and Mimsy Light have a way of using simple words and the way they flow and spit the words made the difference, you know? Another quotable that I quoted is, every now and then, jealousy will occur, but I'll get busy, all you see is a blur. Michimi go quite hard to provoke, like a baker I need dough to produce more bread, that's why when I controlled the mic, I said what has to be said, and that's where the bit kicks in, you know. So, a fun fact, around 86 she met L.A. Love and together they formed the duo Michimi and DJ L.A. Love and were featured on the 1987 Canadian hip-hop compilation Breaking Out. Which was produced by the great KRS1 and the late Sculptor Rock from BDP. Uh, they had two singles on that uh, compilation. It was called Elements of Style and Run for Cover. Cordesia, no, I cannot see Cordesia Genius. kind of Genius.com. I had to find the lyrics by myself, you know, because no one had the lyrics for that song. So, for all of that, the song, lyrics and flow, I came out with a 4.25. C Run, Stingy Run, I didn't give it a 5. You know, I was reasonable. Production and beat. Okay, about the beat. The rhythm is insane. The boom-bap style is dope, similar to a sculptor rock BDP sound. No wonder BDP noticed her and felt her style, you know. It is, to this day, the most brutal and authentic hip-hop beat from the north. you know. About the producer, not much is known about the producers. Beat Factory, the management team, took the producer credits back then, but the beat was really produced by Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes, I mean, no relation with the Mad Billionaire of the same name, and engineered by Walter Subsack, one of the founding members of the hip-hop rock band Raggedhead. The, that's a band that used to fuse uh, metal, heavy metal, with dancehall reggae style rhythms and vocals. Michimi eventually contributed vocals with them later on in her career with the the Raggedy project. You know, the song basically contains three classic samples. When I mean classics, you know, the amazing guitar riffs, guitar riffs of "Giving Up Food for Punk" by the jBs nineteen seventy-two. That sample was used about 66, 56 times, I mean, in hip hop. And then you got the the classic vocals of Fellows, Can We Still Do It? It was on the song, If You Don't Get It the First Time, Back Up and Try It Again, Party, by Fred Wesley and the JBs, 1974. And that vocal, the Fellows, Can We Still Do It? That was using one of my favorite rap songs by Divine Styler, Ain't Saying Nothing. That song actually made the list and will be reviewed very soon by me. It's one of my other picks. And the third sample, Tank About It by Lynn Collins. That sample, Lynn Collins, that song about her tank, it was produced, I never knew that, by James Brown. That was in 1972 but this is considered one of the most used sample in hip-hop history because it was sampled about 2856 times wow and most notable before crafting the eternal hit it takes two by rob baze and dj easy rock you better take you that sample that beat i had that record man and i lost it over the years man i lent it to some fake ass dj and I don't know what happened and it disappeared, you know. I remember I bought it like 25 years ago or 30 years ago I bought that record. When I bumped into it, I was like, wow. That's when people didn't know about production that much. There was not information. means me, because I always read the credits. I was a fan of that. I always read the credits and the CD inserts, the cassette insert. And I was like, oh, that's where the simple comes, you know. So that's where the hip-hop pew is generated from, you know? And a fun fact, DJ L.A. Love went on to be a pioneer producer in Canadian hip-hop. And he joined the Dream Warriors on their second Hopeless also. And courtesy for the information. And for that reason, for the beat, you know, I went with a 4.5 for production and beat. See, Mr. Brown, I didn't give a 5. It was 4.5. It was missing a little bit something on the beat, you know. But it's a perfect beat to me, but there was that 0.5 missing for a classic. You know, perfect score. Relevance and longevity. Did it t- stand the test of time? If so, how? Sadly, it did not, actually. You know, it was lost over time, that song. It seems that hip-hop, mostly Canadian hip-hop, has discarded that song and her part in this to be in Tio, Toronto, at least, she's recognized as part of the culture because that's where she's up from, and everybody knows. But the rest of Canada and the United States, that's another case. You know, even that compilation, uh, I never heard anyone talk about it. It's like I'm, every time I mentioned that compilation, everyone's was like, what, "What are you talking about?" Said, but that's where MC came. Audio Two, MC Positive K, King of Chill, Alliance. That was a crew, you know. FPM, you know? I remember when I had that cassette, I bought it in, in Boston in my younger years, you know, about in 9990. I used to go on vacation every summer to Boston, and New York, but mostly Boston, from town. and that's where I, I found that tape, I said, oh, that's interesting, and I was like, I rocked that tape, you know. Also, all to American East Coast Hip Hop and West Coast Hip Hop are major influences on Canadian artists in the genre. Canadian hip-hop also incorporates a number of other influences not commonly seen in the mainstream of the American rap The black Canadian community is much more dominated by people of Caribbean heritage than the african-american community in the United States as a result Canadian hip-hop is significantly Influenced by the rhythms and styles of Caribbean music, you know for the Canadian English can hip-hop, it tends to be influenced by Trinidadian, Bahamian, Jamaican styles, while the French francophone hip-hop from Quebec in Montreal is commonly influenced by Haitian music, you know, and French classic French songs. Artists such as Michimi, Ghetto Concert, Jim Warren's Cardinal Official all have incorporated dancehall or reggae into their music. Even those artists that did not... Used as obvious Caribbean sounds, they were often influenced by Caribbean English and themes, you know. For me, this example is Cardinal Official, this song Bacardi Slang. It gives you an example of Toronto black youth slang, you know, that derived from Caribbean speech and speaking and dialect. Another fun fact on the compilation, she, she had another song with the great MC Light called Victory is Calling. That was like the first featured of MC Light. You know, and both of them they rocked it. You know, I would have seen in later years at their peak another collab with both of them, those ladies. You know, and for that reason, I had to go with the 2.5. Impact how did this song impact hip hop culture? Since the broader acceptance of Canadian rappers lag. Like behind the U.S. counterparts. As a result, the lack of interest shown by major Canadian record companies in Black music generally. And as a result, rappers were often groomed by independent producers and managers such as Ivan Berry of Toronto's Beat Factory Production. One of Berry's first projects was Mitchie, Me and Ellie Love with the reggae influence efforts in 1988. With the song on this mic, Elements of Style, Victory's Calling... That, that was released in U.S. and Ru- European labels, you know, uh, with that trio of songs. Michimi's impact on Canadian music and culture is so big and immense. In 88, she became the first Canadian hip-hop star to sign with, with an American record label, creating a gateway to the U.S. hip-hop market for other Canadian rappers along the way. Her action did not result. This action did not result in significant chart success for her, sadly. But uh, she stated in, in an interview that the reggae influence on the '91 debut album, Jamaican Funk, Canadian Style, that that was the resistance from American label executive and radio programmers because it was there was too much influence of the Caribbean sound, and that's where I think where they didn't want to push it or sign or go with it, you know. But she she understood that, you know, she realized it. But she paved the way for many rappers like Maestro Fresh West, Dream Warriors in the 90s, and Cardinal Official Socrates, Chaclair, among many others in the early 2000s. A fun fact is, on numerous occasions, very many rappers such as Jug D and Maestro Fresh West acknowledge that it was Michi Mee who inspired them. And Kiara is more also singular out. Saying she was the reason he exists as an artist. Wow. These two legends give even much props to that lady, you know. That's that's a big thing, you know. She must have had that aura, you know, the magical aura. She's our national hip-hop pioneer in Canada, you know. Long live Mee. Because Michimi on this mic, I say, what well, I have to be said, you know. And for all the reasons, I had to go with... A five. Yeah, Mr. Ron, I had to go with a five for impact. You know, she had some, so much impact in, in hip-hop overall. Not only Canada and U.S., those that know, they know, you know. And for a total score, I came out with a 21.25 out of 25. So it gives me a 85%. That's nice. That's nice, you know. So for my girl Michi me, don't forget, she came out. Like, after 20 years without making a record, she came out in 2020 with a new record called Bad Girl. You know, if I remember it's Bad Girl, maybe I don't have the correct title by heart, you know? But go check it out, she's back, she's hot, she's oh, she's always amazing, she's always has been beautiful, she's still beautiful, she got that magic, you know? Go check out my girl, Michi. So, this is the G-Man, G-Money in the house, and I'm signing out. Only 5000. Peace.